Section twenty six of My Strange Rescue. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Graham Scott, Cheltenham, England. My Strange Rescue by James MacDonald Oxley. La Crosse. What the game of cricket is to England, and the game of baseball to the United States, is the game of lacrosse to Canada. And yet it is worth noting that both cricket and baseball flourish in Canada, which goes to show that the young Canadian seeks for quantity as well as quality in his sport. The Indians invented lacrosse, just as they invented the canoe, the snowshoe, and the toboggan and it is not likely that their pale-faced brother will be able to invent something surpassing any of them. How long ago they invented lacrosse is a question not even Parkman nor Catlin can tell us. The Redskins have never had newspapers, and seem to have been poor hands at keeping diaries. Consequently, we can never hope to know when first the Iroquois champion team, led by the famous chief Throw the Ball Half a Mile, defeated the Cree champions under the no less renowned stop it with his stomach every time. Catlin, who saw it played by 600, 800 or even 1,000 Choctaws at a time, tells us that the players would trip and throw each other and sometimes take flying leaps over the heads of their stooping opponents or dart between their extended legs. There are times, he adds, when the ball gets to the ground, when there is a confused mass of sticks, shins, and bloody noses. I may add on my own account that those times are not altogether past and gone. Scratched shins and crimson noses are still to be found on the lacrosse field. There is, of course, a good deal of difference between lacrosse as played by the whites today and as it was played by the redskins half a century ago. In the first place, the ground was not a level, smooth-shaven lawn with a cinder path around it, and beyond that rows of seats for spectators, but a glade in the forest, interspersed with stumps of trees, fallen trunks, and clumps of young spruce. The goals were single poles or stakes, about eight feet high, and the distance between them varied in proportion to the number of players from 500 yards to half a mile or even more. Then the cross was much shorter and smaller as to its netting, while among some tribes no netting at all was used, but instead thereof two sticks having spoon-shaped ends between which the ball was caught and carried. As to the dress of the players, well, the difference is not so very great. The white men wear a little more on their backs and canvas shoes instead of moccasins on their feet, and that is about the sum of the matter. I will now try to describe the game as it is played by the Canadian clubs today. The ground should be a smooth level field 150 yards in length by 100 in breadth at the very least, and for championship matches another 50 yards each way is most desirable. The goals should be 125 yards apart, but a lesser distance may be agreed upon between the two captains if the nature of the ground requires it. The side boundaries are formed by the fence or ring of spectators, as the case may be. If the ball goes over the one, or gets tangled up with the other, 
it has to be brought out and faced the nature of facing will be explained further on the goals are simply two poles six feet high and six feet apart and in front of them at a lacrosse stick's length from their base a line is marked with whitewash inside of which no attacking player must enter unless the ball has preceded him if he enters in advance of the ball the goalkeeper may drive him out at the point of his stick and use any violence necessary for that purpose. The side consists of 12 players and a captain. The captain does not play. He simply runs round and shouts at the other fellows. It looks like an easy job, but it is far from being so. Upon the captain very often depends the fate of his team and he should always be a cool, clear-headed, experienced player, thoroughly up to all the tricks and subtleties of the game. The lacrosse sticks, or crosses as they are called, are light, strong sticks made of either hickory, ash, or rock elm. The Indian preferring the first because of its strength, and the white man the other two because of their lightness. There is no rule as to the length of a stick but practical experience has shown that the most convenient length is equal to the distance from the toe to the hollow under the arm each player can therefore suit himself in the matter the netting is of gut and should be about twenty-nine inches long and must not be more than twelve inches wide at its widest part nine inches is a good average width there must be no bag to the netting and to guard against this the referee is required to inspect the crosses carefully before allowing the match to begin. The ball is of sponge india rubber, about half an inch less in circumference than a baseball, and weighing about four ounces. It should bounce freely, as this adds greatly to the uncertainty and interest of the game. All the preliminaries having been satisfactorily arranged, a fine day, a good ground, and a large gathering of spectators secured, we will suppose that a championship match between the representative teams of Montreal and Toronto is about to take place. At the appointed hour, the teams issue from their dressing rooms amid the cheers of their adherents and line up before the referee and umpires. That is, they face one another in two parallel lines, and then the referee proceeds to examine their crosses lest they should be bagged, and their shoes lest they may be spiked. He also addresses a word of warning to them upon the subject of rough play, which, unhappily, has become far too common of late. He then dismisses them, and they take up their places on the field. When this is done, they take their positions in pairs, each man having an opponent opposite him. Thus, the Montreal goalkeeper has the Toronto inside home just in front of him. Each of the fielders has a man to cover him, as the term is, and there is a Toronto centre as well as a Montreal centre. The game is begun by the two centre fielders. They half kneel opposite each other and lay their crosses on the ground face to face, every nerve and muscle tingling with excitement, for much may depend upon which gets the advantage at the start. This is called facing the ball, and when the referee is satisfied that everything is in readiness, he places a ball between the two crosses, taking care that it is exactly in the middle. At his shout of play, the two centres strive, by a sharp sudden twist of the cross, 
each to draw the ball in his own direction the successful one immediately passes it to the nearest fielder on his own side who is instantly pounced upon by his cover and then the fun begins in fierce earnest it is quite out of the question to convey through the medium of print any adequate conception of the interest and excitement that a game of lacrosse between two well-matched teams affords for brilliancy of individual effort as well as of combined team play for incessant movement and thrilling situations for cheer inspiring displays of undaunted pluck or untiring fleetness there is no game that can compare with it the ball flies all over the field now soaring like a bird through the air now skimming along the ground like a frightened field mouse first one goal is in danger and the players crowd so thickly about it that you cannot see the goalkeeper then a long throw from his skilful stick sends the rubber away off to the side or perhaps almost down to the other goal and two dangers are over for the time next an artful dodger will catch the ball on his cross and turning twisting dodging this way and that dropping the ball when checked only to pick it up again deftly after the checker is eluded will amid the shouts and cries of spectators and players alike carry it clear down the whole length of the field and perhaps if he be very lucky send a grounder between the goalposts ere the goalkeeper has time to recover from the surprise of his onset in the throwing catching checking running and dodging which the game calls for every muscle and sinew is given fullest exercise and every man in the team has a share of the work there is no loafing possible in lacrosse as there is in baseball and cricket when the outfield are getting nothing to do even the goalkeeper has plenty of hard work for whenever the ball goes behind the goalposts he must go after it and struggle for it until he can send it either to one of his own side or far down the field indeed the ability to play well behind the flags is as important a quality in a goalkeeper as an argus-eyed watchfulness over what is going on in front of him while individual brilliancy grandstand play as it is sometimes called is all very well in its way good team playing is far more effective in the end and it is just because the whites excel in the latter that they have become more than a match for the redskins from whom they have adopted the game one of the prettiest sights imaginable is to see two expert players tobying to one another for perhaps half the length of the field before they can be stopped this tobying consists in their running along ten or fifteen yards apart and throwing the ball from one to the other so soon as there is danger of the one carrying it being checked another valuable accomplishment in a lacrosse player is knowing how and when to uncover that is to step away from the opponent who has been deputed to cover him and consequently be free to snatch up the ball the moment it comes his way when one team understands this better than the other the result is to convey the impression that it must have more players because there always seem to be two of them at least wherever the rubber is the game is won by the ball being thrown between the goalposts not higher than an imaginary line drawn across their tops it must of course be thrown through from in front formerly a match was decided by the winning of three games best three out of five but in one of the two lacrosse associations now existing in canada a change has been made and unless one team wins three games straight play must be continued for two hours 
and then the team having the most games wins the match. The reason of the change was that in some cases a team would take three games from their opponents in a few minutes, and at this the spectators grumbled. The most interesting recent event in the history of the game in Canada is the visit of the famous Toronto 12 to Great Britain. They are a splendid lot of players and seem to have it all their own way as might be expected. The fact, however, that there are enough lacrosse clubs in the old country to make it worth their while to go over proves that the game is making progress round the world. Indeed, it has been already heard of from Australia, India, China, and other far away quarters of the globe. In the United States, it is spreading rapidly, and the time cannot be far distant when we shall have international struggles for supremacy in lacrosse as well contested as we already have in some other sports. Some years ago, a team from the United States crossed the Atlantic to contend against their British cousins and succeeded in winning every match they played but one. End of section 26